And good afternoon, everybody. This is Business Acceleration Playbook, where we are bringing you the plays that you need to win in your business. And Angela Buckley's missing today. She had uh, another um, previously committed um, appointment that she had to make, but we did want to dive in and kind of introduce a new co-host. So we've had we've been behind the scenes making a few changes to the show. Um, Jeff was an amazing uh, co-host, but he has some other projects he's working on that's making it kind of difficult to be able to continue um, working with the show. So um, Coach Ray and Angela and I were meeting behind the scenes and trying to figure out, you know, well, who are we going to pull in as, you know, a new co-host? And um, we decided on Chanel. So Chanel, um, if you remember, we interviewed her. Oh, gosh, well, it's been a couple of months back. But yeah, yeah, yeah amazing lady. Um, I, I still like I kept bringing up the fact that that um, the money, honey, I love the money, honey. I love yeah, your I vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and that was one of the things that we had discussed, like the purpose and the why behind the show. One of the aspects we've been missing is that that money, honey angle, that, that angle that we're all in business to make money. Let's be honest. We are, right. you know, we're not, Nobody's you know, we're not, for free. no, we're not, that's not the goal. The goal is to make money. So that was one of the things that we felt was lacking in a lot of our discussions was dialing it back to the dollar. So, um, Janelle, I'm gonna let you jump in and, you know, just say hi and just kind of introduce yourself just for a few minutes and then we'll all just chat. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Uh, so for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Chanel, and I always like to tell people I'm from Chicago. That's one of my most favorite things about me. Uh, um, and like she said, I jokingly call myself the money honey. And the reason why um, I'm so focused on the financial aspect of business is because most businesses sink or swim based on an understanding of how they make money, um, who they make money from, and then just keeping the revenue going. And I've always, always, always loved helping business owners refurbish what they have or create new products or just really get a firm understanding of who they are in the job market, owning that stake and getting really, really passionate about what they do well. Um, never been really big on doing more. I want you to do less and make more money. That's like my goal in life is to get people to live a very leisure life wealthy. Um, and so I've been working as an entrepreneur behind the scenes uh, probably for over 15 years. I've worked in corporate America in the financial services industry. I have a deep background in politics. And so what you'll find when you hear from me will be a very passionate um, response to things because I've always led with passion. That's what I did in politics. But you'll also hear very clear, well, what's the bottom line? How much does it cost to do this, right? Like, does yeah. it make sense for you? That's that mm -hmm. deep you know, financial services, former investment licensed professional that needs to know what's the ROI all the time. Um, I'm excited to be here with you guys and to share more about me. But most importantly, I'm excited to learn about you all and your business. I only grow by sharing and understanding. And so it was just a no brainer for me to join not only like minded individuals, but people who are passionate at the core about the different aspects of business. So I'm excited to get to know you guys better and to see where this, see where we can take it. Yeah. And I mean, we're excited too, obviously we, we, um, we're pretty unanimous on it. We got to have Chanel. <laughs> we got to have Chanel. Yeah, we were very unanimous. About that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Guys. 
and and I'm you know I'm I'm really excited to start diving into those you know financial questions those financial goals that business owners and entrepreneurs out there have because we all have them and if you're not in the financial industry it's usually a big hurdle for the entrepreneur and the business owner is you know how do I you know manage my money how do I get more money you know all the things about money how do I ask for money that's a big thing it's like people will create this amazing thing and then there's just like this block like then they're afraid to like put it out there and ask for money and you know I think that those are going to be some great topics that we have you know planned in the future to be able to tackle a lot of those things because you know as we've talked about you know offline the, the goal for this show is actually big you know we've been kind of getting our training wheels on kind of establishing, you know, the relationships between the co-hosts, the, you know, the precipice on what the goals are for the show. And, you know, the big why is, and the purpose is for the show is to be able to really, you know, help that small business owner, help that entrepreneur be able to excel in their business. And, you know, that's, that's actually sometimes can be harder, you know, to do, than, than it seems. And I think a lot of uh, businesses that end up failing, I think it's because they get stuck and they're not sure what to do, where to turn. And if they've been hitting that same roadblock over and over and over, they might not have and probably don't have the financial means to be able to, to kind of pull in the help they need. So, you know, one of my goals is to be able to you know, offer this as a resource where people can get right back on the right track, you know, get on the right track, start using these, the resources that we're going to be telling you on the show to be able to start making some better decisions within their business to really help them get in the right angle. So then they can't afford to bring in those people that they need to help their business thrive and stop surviving. Because I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is that a lot of businesses are barely surviving. Oh, absolutely. And not even Sorry, go ahead, Coach Ray. No, 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 go for it. You're fine. Go right ahead. Uh, I was going to say more than just they're not surviving. They're not clear on how they make money, right? So I think that Mm -hmm. the older the business, the less they take the time to audit and not like financial audit, but I have to sit still and say, okay, you know, what am I offering that people like really well? What are people buying together? You know, if they'll focus on the upsell or the new next thing, which is great, right? But sometimes you have an evergreen product that people need to start at so that it can supplement your other products. And so a lot of times I'll have clients who've been in business for 20 years and they have like a cheesecake factory style menu of offerings. Mm. And I'm like, no one wants this. You don't want this. What if somebody (laughs) pulls something out of here that you haven't done in 10 years? It's like not relevant. Like one of my clients had a Periscope training on their website for $1,500. I mean, I don't have anything against Periscope, but I don't know that Periscope is the most accessible way to get your message out, right? You're being um, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't even know if it still exists, right? I, I want to be fair. I, I'm not the most technologically savvy person. But the point of me saying that is, you know, you have this here, and it, it, it's like having an AOL.com website, I mean, um, email address for your business, right? Like, there's just something that just should not still be happening. And it's, like, right in line with, you want to talk about making money, you know, you have to be relevant, right? And you have to be very clear about what's making you money. And a lot of business owners, especially, you know, after five years, once they start to generate that revenue, they're able to support their family. They don't go back and look every year. And so yeah. as we're going through things, I know people are like, oh God, money. 
No, very, it's, it's the mechanisms of the business that, that help it thrive or help it fail. It's more than just failure is not always closing business. Sometimes failure is millions of dollars of money left on the table. Right. Absolutely. And so we want to make sure that we're investigating or like helping people think about how to do business best. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that money's the, the mechanism of the business, but it's the hardest thing to talk about. It is the that and credit is the the most difficult subjects to tackle. So by having Chanel here, uh, it kind of focuses us, which is real, really why uh, I, I, I wanted you here, because it really helps us to focus on the important the importance of why people go into business in the first place. You don't go into business just because it's there. You go into business to make money. So there, there are conversations that are going to have to be had, and they're difficult conversations. So it's not only broaching those conversations, but how to approach those conversations and what to do once you're in that moment. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be difficult. I want to make sure, I know I'm jumping in on every topic, but I want to make sure that if you're listening to this, if nothing else resonates, talking about money shouldn't be difficult. Scared money, don't make no money. Some rapper said that. It, it, it is super relevant. It doesn't. If you cannot say... I haven't made any money this month in my business and you aren't very clear about why, right? That's an issue. And I'm going to go a step further and say, if you cannot talk about money, you don't deserve to make it. Like, and I, that, I stand firm on that all the time. Boom. Like, yeah, right. I don't know. Like, how could you ask someone to invest in your business and you have like this, this often arrogance that it's really just fear about saying, you know, these are my needs. This is my standard. You know, this is the quality of the work I provide and putting a dollar behind that or standing on your quality, right? Talk about money doesn't have to be uncomfortable. My friends and I, I could tell you, ask me any friend, I probably know how much money they make every year, right? Uh, we talk about salary negotiations. We talk about products. If it's doing well, well, maybe do this to your ebook or maybe do this to your course or your coaching lacks this, right? Um, talking about money is often not specifically dollars it's often in processes and people are so afraid of being stolen from all the time mm-hmm. that they miss it like if me and you all of us coach right and so if I was afraid to get in the room with you and I was afraid that you're going to steal my clients the truth is if they don't if they pick Maria they pick Coach Ray they don't want me in the first place you and you know what God bless them that they found what works for them they don't need me mm-hmm. I don't want the headache of somebody working with me because they think I'm cool Right. I want somebody who wants to be effective. And so that's why, you know, when we talk about money and it's uncomfortable. It's usually not money that's uncomfortable. It's a lack of confidence that people have in their abilities that usually leads them to not want to talk about money. So they don't look at their taxes. They don't look at their budget. They don't look at their bottom line because they don't want the truth. And usually they know that they aren't doing the best for their business. And, and when you talk about the money, you have to get very honest. But, when, you know, something, you know, when I when I mentioned that, that that's where a lot of entrepreneurs are in their mindset. So you're absolutely right. But if we're looking at the majority of entrepreneurs in, in this country and elsewhere, that's what's happening. They are afraid of that conversation. That's why they're staying where they are. They're staying status quo and they're not able to to move forward. So that's something I know in our kind of realignment of what we're doing here. That's a focus that we're going to have. You know, we've got to. We've got to talk about the money. We've got to draw it yeah. out and we've got to get to it. Absolutely. And I think it's those hard conversations because, I mean, it's the same thing. Sales is usually an issue. Marketing is usually an issue. Anything financial is usually an issue. 
Um, and I think that that is common no matter what the industry that you're going to have those. And you mentioned structure, Chanel. Structure is a big thing. It goes back to those, you know, processes, you know, of, you know, what do you have in place? You know, what do you have in place right now? What's working and what's not? Because I think that the reason so many people are, they struggle in those areas is a lack of clarity. And, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, that hard. Um, Early on, Chanel, you mentioned that you want people to do less and make more. And I think that's the key. I think people tend to complicate, overcomplicate, because they think Mm. the more complicated it is, the more money that they're going to make. And the reality is it's the opposite. You know, simplify it. Right. Right. You can offer like two products, right? I I use this analogy all the time with my clients. It's like McDonald's, right? At the core, what does McDonald's sell? Chicken, right? Beef, potatoes, bread, and sandwich vegetables, right? Like we're all clear for the most part. Stick it to the the main ones, like drinks and stuff. But at the core, they sell beef, chicken, potatoes, bread, and vegetables, right? That's it. Now they, they make that happen into 40 or 50 different varieties, right? But they really only sell five things. You can get into the weeds, start talking about toppings, have a blast. That's not the point, right? But if you stay here with me, right, at the core, they make five things over and over again. They just offer it differently, right? Um, And they stick to what they do well. And so as a business owner, you want to get into the habit of understanding, like, how do you create combo meals, right? Bundles, right? How do you do what you do excellent so that you are able to only sell you know, four things or five things at the core, right? And then turn that into a revenue generating mechanism. You don't have to do, you know, 50 different menu items to get people attracted. Just do what you do really well. And like you said, it's that clarity. But again, people don't want to audit. It's hard. I mean, I get really frustrated when things don't work the way I need them to, right? So I don't shy away from money conversations. My background, I spent, you know, almost two decades now talking about money almost every day. So for me, it's second nature, but people, you are right, are always uncomfortable because you can't hide from it. You know, you just have to, you got to go there. And often it's the communications, it's the marketing, it's the the structure, it's the project management. It's all the things that people just don't want to, you know, deal with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That reminds me of a story. Um, when I was younger, my dad ran a, a bus company. And he was looking for an investor. So he would talk to people, but he didn't want to open his books. How can you invest with someone and and not open books? So he got a guy to actually invest $5,000 in his his dream. Unfortunately, maybe a year or two later, the company folded. You know, I think he had one or two buses that had an accident and he couldn't recover from it. And that was that. And the guy that invested lost his money. And I was very young at the time, so I really didn't understand and know the ins and outs and the crux of what happened. But all I knew was that here's someone that took $5,000 of their hard-earned money and basically just threw it away. And that's what's happening today. People are simply throwing away money. They don't realize that they have to resource it. It has to work for them. And it has to, money's a tool. Yep. And if you don't use it that way, you're not going to gain from it. Mm-hmm. That's a simple story when you mentioned it, it reminded me of that. 
that's that's a perfect example. I mean, and both sides of that story just ache my little heart because investing money and you can't understand the books, right? Is not a sound investor, right? And on the flip side, being unwilling to share information, mm-hmm. you know, is a thing because maybe if he would have shared it with like that person, they would have gotten an insurance review and maybe would have saved the business, right? right? right. Um, and I think, again, one of my clients come to me, they come to me looking for, I think, like a quick fix. And I always tell people, I am not a fidget spinner, right? Like I can't give you some like really quick get rich thing. You don't want me. Like you want me to spend six months with you going over your book, figuring out if the solutions make sense for you, figuring out, you know, long-term strategy so that when we do like touch points, you know, two or three times a year, it's max value, right? Like that's my goal. I do spend more time with my clients. Most coaching is like three months, mine's is six months to 18 months. It just depends. Um, a lot of my stuff is automated. So it's courses, but it's designed so that you can go back and look at it. But more importantly, you can't really fix a failing business in three months, right? Like, mm-hmm. because you have to get the business owner over the, not even failing, a scaling business. You don't scale businesses in three months, right? right? I mean, you can if it's like a small business trying to get bigger, but when you're talking about scaling, people usually have millions of dollars on the line, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just about figuring out how you help people sustain growth or even just downsize. Wherever you are in your business, um, you got to get really serious about the money. I'm not talking to people about communications. They're like, but you said you want to talk about money. I do, right? Are you yeah. effectively communicating your mission? Are you expressing your value? Are you marketing to the right clients? Like all those things, um, translate into money. And so we talk about situations like your father, I could tell you about myself really quickly. My first business failed. Um, I was arrogant. I was coming off of a very, very high point in my career and really unclear about what my value was. And I even tell people I would do pitches and wouldn't follow up because they were supposed to contact me because I was so brilliant, right? I wouldn't tell people what my price was. I would say, let's just get started and we'll let you know. I sounded like a shyster. Right. But I thought that was like the cool thing to do. Right. Um, And I I could tell you so many things that I did so bad and I kept investing money, investing money, investing money. And so then finally I ran into someone who I just knew I was going to work with. And I said, like, well, why didn't we work? And and you know what he said just plainly? You didn't follow up. I mean, I was devastated. Mm. Like I had like lost so much money. And I really thought that like people had hated me. I thought someone was blackballing me. Listen, I went through an emotional time. Yeah. And when I finally got up the courage to talk about the money, right? I did, And I said, why didn't you work with me? All he said was you didn't follow up. And so I I, I was like, well, you were going to work with me? He said, yeah, we loved you. But nobody can understand why you didn't follow up. And I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, here I am, this person who like his their their business is relationships, right? Like how do things relate? How do you make them work? How do they make money? And the audacity of me to go to these high level meetings asking people sometimes for over a hundred thousand dollars, sometimes two hundred thousand dollars, people wanting to invest and I don't even follow up and say thank you in the email, nothing. Wow. Well, I think those those are some good points. And those I think a lot of people make those mistakes at the beginning. And, you know, while you were talking, I was thinking about this idea that, you know, there's this statement. And I've said it in the past, you know, fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it. But I think that is does a disservice to you and everybody else because, you know, if you are out there and there's 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 
levels of everything that we don't know. It doesn't matter what level we're in in business. There's something that we don't know. But especially at the beginning, you know, we think that we have to get out there and just act like we know all the things, right? It's just like, I mean, we know, we know some of the things. That's what we started our business for. But we definitely don't know all the things. And I think that we go out there, you mentioned arrogance. With this arrogance, this, you know, well, if I'm out there and I'm arrogant enough that, that they're going to, you know, think I'm, you know, this big boss that you can make it happen. But more often than not, what that does is it ends up repelling people. And it also, you miss out on these opportunities to receive the help that you need to grow in the areas where you're actually really lacking, that you're hiding, that you're lacking, you know, because we're being all arrogant, but you're missing the opportunities to really connect with those people that can actually help you grow, truly grow in those areas. And I think I've seen a lot of people at the beginning of their business. And I was one of them. I was one of those that I didn't tell my weak points, you know, who wants to go and and tell their weak points. I didn't tell my weak points, you know, even though I had them, I didn't tell anybody. It wasn't until that I started really talking about those that I found, you know, the help I needed in those areas that I wasn't amazing at that helped me maybe not get amazing at it, but proficient enough until I could hire them in to take care of it. You know, and I think that a lot of times these business owners, they start out thinking that they have to fake it till they make it, that they know all the things instead of, you know, being authentic about, you know, the simple things that they are amazing at. I don't think anybody really expects anyone to be amazing at everything. I I would hope not. No. But, but you know something, uh, there are a lot of people that don't realize the fine line between confidence and arrogance. Yeah. And unless you know that within yourself, you're going to project that, you know, you're, you're thinking that, Hey, I'm confident I can go in and do what I need to do, but you don't realize you're repelling so many people from wanting to work with you just because of your presentation. Sometimes you have to take a step back, sometimes two steps back and understand exactly where you're coming from, what your why is, and then continue down the path. Yeah. And and be okay with that. Like sometimes things just don't do what you want them to do. You know, I talked about my last business, but even my company now, um, I have pulled some, put some things on the market that did really well, that drained me that I no longer do. Um, I put some things on the market that I just knew they were going to out, they were going to take me to the Ritz. Okay. I was moving it to the Ritz downtown. They'll give me an apartment down there. And that was it. And they did mediocre. Right. Um, and it wasn't anything that I think I could have done differently per se. It just wasn't right for my market. Right. I wanted to do it and I was lazy. I didn't do the work to invite a new market into my space mm-hmm. so that I could end up at the Ritz. Right. Um, but that's okay. Right. Like I'm I'm sitting here telling you that, like, I don't have all the answers and, you know, I don't want to be the person who sits down and thinks that they know everything. I know what I do. I know what works really well. And I stay in my zone of genius all the time. If you want to talk about Mm -hmm. mindset, don't call me. I love you, but don't call me because I'm not your mindset coach. I, my mindset is very, I am laser focused and I sit down and I'm like a machine. I can work 16 hours a day to learn something and get it down and then apply it. That is not realistic for 99% of the people in the world. Right. But I know that that's how I do well. So when it comes to like mindset and that kind of thing, it's just not for me. Right. Um, but I know that. So I think that's just me being very clear. Like, yes, I'm a coach and I can tell you that mindset is important. I can give you some tips, but 
you know, it's just, it's just not for me, but I think that people really want to be, you know, like the holistic approach, but the truth is you should alienate people. So while you should not offend people, you certainly should say, I am a, you know, somebody who only deals with 40 year old single dads who, you know, are looking to start dating again. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. Like get really clear. See, you you mentioned something that's very important, and it's it's the breakdown of your process, right? Right. So I know for me, growing up, you know, a lot of things came easy for me. I was able to do a lot of different things. But being an entrepreneur and getting into this space and, and learning about what I, I like to do and like and how I like to coach people, I had to learn that. And it took me some time to actually leave people alone have them leave me alone, <coughs> excuse me, and learn this stuff to where you can become a subject matter expert, where you're not, you know, faking for answers or you're not fidgeting for answers to do things. And sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you have to just, you know, look at things four, five, six times. I know I've had to, and I've had to learn to do that as a, as a, uh, as someone at, in my stage. Because when I was younger, I can look at a video and look at something. Oh, okay, I got it. Boom, good. And then I go out and do it. But now it's it's not that it's not that you you become less intelligent. It's just that there's so much more information that you have to garner and grab. And if you miss a piece of it, man, that that can set your business back months. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people at the very beginning, especially. You know, they're not, it goes back to clarity again, they're not clear on who their ideal market is because at that point in time, they're broke. You know, <laughs> you just need money. So they're like, mm-hmm. anybody that's going to give me some money, that's my client. That's my ideal client right there. there anybody that's going to pay me. How do I get you to know? that bag? Exactly. <laughs> right. You know, that, that is, that's something that is hard for people to kind of dial down. And it was hard for me at the very beginning because, that, you know, I started my business out of my own pocket, you know, so whatever people would ask me, who's your ideal client? I'm like, anybody, anybody that needs anything, I can do whatever. Because at that point in time, I just needed the money, you know, I was needing to recoup all the costs. And I didn't even realize for a long time that, you know, by marketing to everybody, I was really marketing to nobody. Um, And I think that that is something that can be hard, even if you're in the marketing world, to get your mind wrapped around because, you know, you think if you dial it down and niche it down that all of a sudden you're going to miss out on potential sales. But, you know, that's not what happens. You know, um, we I think we don't think about how intelligent people can actually be. You know, they can figure out for themselves that if you could you do A, B and C for this person, that potentially you may be interested in doing A and C for them. You know, at least that they reach out to you at that point and you can figure out what you want to do. And, you know, that's what I found as I started to niche things down. I actually found that I was getting more clients from outside of my niche area than I was before I niched down because I was being very clear at that point on, you know, who I was representing within that business. And I think, you know, it's hard to tell somebody that when they need the dollars <laughs> because, you know, they just see it and they're like, Oh no, 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 no. I don't want to, cause then I'm going to lose money. But you know, it's worked for me. It's worked for countless other people. And, you know, I think that that's a big thing, a big hurdle, you know, as business owners kind of are going through their own processes to be able to kind of get their mind wrapped around. 
and, and owning your niche, right? Like, yeah. I think that's also, like you say, that niching down, but also just getting really comfortable in that space, right? Mm-hmm. And so I know that early career professionals might enjoy me, but my confidence can be harsh, right? And so if you're 45 and I tell you, you're just not working smart, you're just working too hard, you can take that. And you will you may not love it, right? But you can take that and say, I'm doing this harder than it has to be. And you know what that means, right? Yeah. So you can dust yourself mm-hmm. off and come back and, and want to work again, mm-hmm. right? But when you're 21, 22, 25, you're, smart, you're the smartest person in the room in every room, right? Oh, yeah. You can't help it. And so I totally appreciate that. I love that. I employ people who are younger than me, who keep me completely honest on my toes and well-informed. Um, but my clients tend to be late thirties, like right into their fifties, because just the way I present myself and, and my, you know, my seat at the table is because I've only ever worked with that population for the most part as a professional, but also because they want this to last. A lot of people own businesses and they do the corporate shuffle because they want to retire into their business. right? Right. And so they tend to have a little bit more confidence. And so I'm always saying, like, who do you like to be around, right? If you're trying to figure out your niche, we know what niching down means, but like, who do you enjoy working with? If you could work with this population all day, every day, who would it be? And why? Is it because you relate to them? Is it because you have the same socioeconomic interests? You know, it can't just be because they'll spend the money, right? If you own a lash company, right? Like, do you want these lashes to be for women who love to go out on the weekends? Or are they for women who want a little bit of extra at work every day, right? Like you have to get really clear about who you want to be around because you'll spend most of your time filling orders for clients or servicing those clients. If you hate those folks, then business just is gonna suck. But if you love that population, if you're a guy's guy and you wanna do like a sports podcast for, you know, the, the, the basement sportscaster, right? He knows more than Charles Barkley ever could about basketball. Cool, right? Like there's an environment for you that thrives. But if you hate the kind of of people and you are like a leisurely once a year, you really only care about the playoffs kind of guy, you want to do like playoff sports only, okay, you probably want to avoid the guy who's like the armchair critic, right? And that's okay because there's millions of both of those. You'll never run out of clients, but you have to understand, you know, when you're talking about niching down, who are your people, right? Like, who do you want to work with? And who do you get along really well with? Because if you get along well with those people now, then those people will naturally have a confidence in your ability to help them. And it'll make it so much easier for you to be confident that you can help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know an easy way that I found to be able to figure that out is to think about who are you working with right now? Like, who's your favorite? Like, pick your favorite person. You know, pick that client right now that, you know, everything just kind of lines up. You get along with them, you know, money's good, you know, whatever. Everything is lining up and just figure out how to talk specifically to that person over and over and over and over. And I think a lot of times that can be an easy kind of visual way of being able to hone down on your ideal client, on your niche market, because it can be kind of daunting. And you may find later on that you're able to have another campaign with a another niche market, but especially in the beginning stages, you are much, much, much better off having one solid 
focus, like you mentioned, laser focus, you know, I love that laser focus. And if I had had a laser focus at the beginning of my business, I would have grown so much more quickly and I would have not dumped so much money into the toilet, you know, making these same mistakes and trying to figure out what the frick, you know, I was like pain and pain and pain and couldn't figure out what was not working. I was getting clients, but not enough to cover all that I was spending marketing to all the people. So it's just, it's just, it's funny how you can look back like everything else that we do in our lives and it's so clear, but you know, I know there's people out there now that are listening and if you know, you're listening in the future on the podcast or right now you're in that moment that you, you know, you're struggling, you are struggling to, to even, you know, maybe keep your head above water at all. Like maybe you're, you know, like one nostril still above water, you know, and I think if you was to be honest with yourself and pause and actually think about where you're messing up, a lot of times it's going to be just what we're talking about right now, just being super clear on who your people are. You know, not only that, but I think if you look at the other side of it too, you you take a look at Facebook and other social media platforms, there's so much noise out there. I'm the greatest coach there ever was. You know, I I can solve your problem. I can fix your credit. I can... There's so much noise on Facebook and other social media platforms. You have to be so careful about who you trust, who you talk to, no. and who you pay. Absolutely. Because it is so easy. Okay, click this link. Here's a payment portal. You put your credit card in, and before you know it, like, well, what did I get? And folks, you're not getting that money back. Believe it. You're not getting that money back. So, you know, just because someone has a great presentation does not mean that they are knowledgeable about what you need. Clarity is important for both sides. The coaches that are seeking clients, but the clients that are seeking coaches or people to help. And then understanding what you need from a coach, right? Like I am a, you know, because we talked about niching down for the, you know, for the business on the side, but as a someone who may be looking for a coach, you need to be very clear about the type of coaching that you like. Do you like someone to walk you through every single step, right? Do you prefer maybe a, an aerial view? You need someone to just kind of show you what can happen and you can fill in gaps. Are you a ebook person, right? Are you a course person? Are you a course ebook on one-on-one coach person? You want to do most of the work independently, but would you would like to have some feedback? Um, do you prefer group settings? Those are very honest questions that when I talk to clients, I'll ask them, you know, like, well, in the past, you've always done group stuff. Why do you want to work with me? I don't do groups. Um, I do I do group trainings, but I don't do group coaching, like long-term group coaching. And so why, why would you want to work with me? Like, I, I don't fit what you, you normally look for. Right. And then they'll say, well, you know, I, you know, in college, that's how I used to work in groups. And, you know, you start to see that they do the default thing because that's what they feel makes the most sense for them in their life and in their business. And then, you know, I say, well, you meet me, you meet with me once a week or depending on a package twice a month for 30 minutes. Are you confident that you can get what you need in those 30 minutes? Because outside of some thing where we're just in a flow, I bill you for anything more than 30 minutes. So please be very clear that like, (laughs) I, I enjoy my work, but we have to respect what, the contract is 
Right. And most of the time my clients are like, oh, no, no, no. But then they come prepared. They're more engaged. And I said, you can email me simple questions. But like, yeah. as a client, yeah. get very clear mm-hmm. what you need. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and then they, they, there are also times where someone feels, they, they feel pressured to get into that contract also. Well, I need to do this because I need the money or I, I need to accomplish this goal. You know, it's one thing to want to accomplish a goal. But if you're not going to accomplish the goal and have it be satisfactory to where it, it suits you long term, step back. Yep. Step back and say, you know what, I need to approach this a different way. And just because someone is ans- asking a question, <coughs> excuse me, just because someone is asking a question doesn't mean it has to be in the affirmative. Don't be a yes person all the time. You have to make sure that this is right for you as a business owner. Agreed. That's, that's a good point. And I think there's a lot of people me in the past that have been those people pleasers that, you know, I it's almost like living a double life. And one part of my life, I would, I would be very firm, like, no, 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 no. But then there was those people, those, those heart tugging stories, or, you know, I would go against my own boundaries. And I think, you know, those are the things that start out slow. It's like not a big deal. You mentioned Chanel, that you keep them to that commitment of the contract. That is so amazing that you do that. I think a lot of business owners do not do that. Now, again, minor changes, you know, whatever, you know, there's always things that can come up and change things. But, you know, for the most part, if you don't respect your own time, you don't respect your own contract, you can't expect anybody else to either because that old statement that you teach people how to treat you, that is true over and over and over and over, no matter what the relationship. So you have to really establish those boundaries. And if those boundaries are to change, that needs to be something that is not something that's a quick judgment that that is a planned change for a reason and just be very again like you hit the nail on the head like you're so good at that at like summarizing things and if you're out there just trying to figure out you know where you fit in the world I'd even go a step farther to say if you aren't clear because I was not clear you know for a long time I was running a business based on a part of my genius as you would call it that I hate Right. Um, I'm really good at it. I can do it in my sleep. Sometimes I feel like I do it in my sleep, but I hate it. And so I was doing it and I was making money. And it wasn't until I hired a coach and I was explaining what I did. And and so she sat back in her chair and she was like, you seem miserable. And no one, not a client, Mm. not a no one, no one had ever seen me so clearly. And I was like almost emotional because I was like, I am. And so then she said, well, why are you doing this then? And I was like, well, you know, I've done it for so long and people seek this out of me because online they tell you, what do people come to you for? Well, grain of salt, right? What do you want to talk about? I always Mm -hmm. like own what you do every day. And it was like just going through the process with my coach. I was able to say, I hate this. I don't want to do this anymore. And so almost instantly, right? Like I offboarded my clients with new referrals, I would send them to other folks who do the work and love it. And I was scared that I would never make money again because I've been doing this type of work for so long. And I didn't make money for a while because I was just so um, unclear about what it was about what I, who I was in, in business that I loved. Mm-hmm. And so I spent a lot of time you know, I, I, I make money. Like I can sell anything to anyone. It's who I am. I have a 
at the core, I have a background in sales. And so again, like the money thing, I have no problems with asking people for money. I have no problems with articulating value. And like you were saying, Ray, when you were younger, you anything came easy to you. Selling comes easy to me. So imagine mm-hmm. being crippled by the one thing that people just see no joy in, yeah. right? And just how do, how do you, because I'm sure a lot of folks are super intelligent. They were good students and self-starters. How do you even know what you're good at when you're pretty much good at anything you put your mind to? Yeah. Right. And so that's when you start to own it. I don't care what people come to you for. People don't want to come to you for babysitting. That doesn't mean you want to be the next care.com. Exactly. Right. Like, what do, what do you enjoy doing? Mm-hmm. What do you love? Like, stop letting people put the pressure on you to please other people. Yeah. Get really clear about what pleases you. Mm-hmm. And the rest of that stuff doesn't feel so intimidating right. because you know it's what you like. You know, and I guess maybe I'm probably upsetting a lot of people by saying the whole what do people come to you for? It drives me insane. Like, what? Because it's like, I don't care what people come to me for. I mean, I, I do care. I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that. I do care what people come to me for. What I mean is, I don't run my business at, at the core. I started this business to please myself. Yeah. And I, I enjoy mm-hmm. making a big impact, I enjoy helping people. But it really wasn't until somebody asked me, about me that my business started being better and my clients started performing at a higher rate and they were making more money and being better people but it was only until it was only at that point right when I stopped being good at everything like you said as a kid and just got very clear about what I enjoy Mm -hmm. exactly and I think you can do things that you hate for a little while um you can oh, yeah. do them for a while yeah you can drink water with that for there's a, a while. yeah but there is definitely a limit and i think that that is you know i've trust me i've worked jobs that i hated <laughs> that got me kind of to the next level and i think we all end up in places in life but i think you know the purpose of starting your business like you mentioned chanel is to get out of that that place where you're doing somebody else's work, where you're doing something that you're not wanting to do just for a paycheck. And I think a lot of times, especially if you were raised with that nine to five mentality, and there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you love. Disclaimer yeah. myself before I get all the hate mail. But for the people that don't love that, you know, the transition out of that, you know, you're working that long to be able to pay, you know, to be able to start your own business. You get to that point and then you fall into more of the same because you're still in that mode of people pleasing and, you know, doing what other people are wanting you to do instead of really having those honest conversations with yourself of what do I enjoy? What do I want to do? Because, you know, again, you can do things for a short amount of time, but it's like, okay, this isn't my favorite, but whatever. But that, that shouldn't be the goal. The goal should be to stop doing the things you don't like to do, delegate it, delete it, whatever, and to solely focus on the things that are your superpowers, the things that you, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and think about the thing that excites you to do more of, because if you're doing something that you love, it doesn't really feel like work. And those moments where you start to feel bogged down again, and I, I, I get in these places a lot where I have to audit, you know, my own life and say, okay, I'm stressed out right now. Why am I stressed out? And 9.9999 times out of 10, I look at it and say, okay, why am I doing this part again? Why am I doing this again? Why have I taken this on when I, it's been clear over and over and over. I hate this. You know, and I think it's very important to have those conversations with ourselves, to audit ourselves, to say, okay, why am I doing something that I hate? Is it a temporary thing that kind of gets me to the next level? Or is this something I keep 
like jumping into accidentally, like be honest with yourself on the why and make those plans to get back to your sweet spot, to the things that you're meant to do. Because I'm a firm believer, as kind of cliche as it sounds, that we're, we all have superpowers and we are all meant for something big, something grand. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, sadly, don't really end up finding what those things are because they're so bogged down with the everyday muck of all the things. And I think that's why it's so important to keep having those conversations. And I want to say something. Yeah, go ahead. No, okay. So being real with what you just said, if I'm listening to this and I'm watching this and I have been in business for a period of time and I'm not enjoying it. And I'm not at that spot where I where I um, where I want to be, but I've been doing this for about five ten years now, so it, it's become habitual. How do I get out of it? Well, I think that kind of goes back to we hear all these things that says grind, hustle, never quit, and I think a lot of times this thing could be okay, but a lot of times I think they get us into an unhealthy pattern. Sometimes it's okay to quit. I mean, if it's something that you hate that is not bringing you joy every day, don't get in this mindset of grind, hustle, never give up, never quit. You know, those those things can be good in their moment and with the right mindset behind it. But a lot of times that can also be very damaging because then we feel like a failure if we give up. We feel like a failure if we quit, even though that path that we're on, we're completely hating is making us miserable. So, you know, I would say, again, take a look at your like audit. When I say audit, I'm meaning stop. Take the day off, clear your freaking calendar. Just really think about what am I doing? Why am I doing it? What is it? What is making me happy? What is making me miserable? And, you know, it may not be, you know, a thing that you can stop what's making you miserable today because obviously we all got bills to pay, but you can start making your goals, your path, your mission to get to a place where you're able to delete all that crap that you hate off of your plate and to really solely focus on the things that are meant for you. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we, as business owners, we can get caught up in a lot of these mentalities that can be very damaging if they're not in the right context. Yeah. And I would piggyback off of that and say, um, you're stuck, you're frustrated, you're probably depressed. um, You're feeling really emotionally divested. Right. So what do you do? I would say step one before you quit, even before the audit, what do you hate, right? Because chances are you don't hate what you do all day. And if you do, Lord, walk away, sell the business, you know, don't just shudder, right? Sell the business. Because if it's profitable, sell the business. And hear me again, sell the business. Um, But maybe if you had a business 10 years ago, I have a great example. This I love this. This is my favorite thing. So you had a business 10 years ago. And then, so we're going to do 2010 because I prefer that. So in 2010, um, let's just say Instagram today is not what it was back then, right? So in 2010, you didn't even Instagram. You, you could potentially have a Facebook, but like Twitter was probably more in line with it. But social media truly was not uh, the business mammoth that it is today, right? So 10 years ago, when you were in business, social media was not a part of how you generated revenue. It wasn't how you stayed relevant. It wasn't how you validated yourself, right? Five years ago, it wasn't what it is today. Today, you need to at minimum have a website, a Facebook, Instagram, a Twitter, all the things, right? You need to be there and be present, right? So you have an entire new media hub in your business. But when you started out, there was no media necessary for you to be effective. It was no media necessary for you to do business well, 
right? And so if you're like me, I have started to love social media. I happen to apparently be good at it. Um, And so one of the things I started doing was I don't like technology. So I outsource a lot of things in my business. So before you go shuddering, right? Consider, did I love my business 10 years ago? Yes, check. I love my business five years ago, check. What am I doing now, today, that I didn't do five years ago? Social media, by all means, start small. Just hire somebody to create posts and schedule them in Canva or all the other many ways. I'm not going to just keep plugging these businesses that make billions of dollars. (laughs) But you can do that. There are plenty of like task-oriented websites where you can hire people who can do good enough right for you mm-hmm. you don't a lot of people if you had a business in 2010 you don't necessarily need social media to make money for you today you just need it for a social validator and yeah. so outsource those things um that's a huge thing i talk to my clients about when i gotta update my website why you like you can go on a website call, message me i put my ad on there i'll tell you some resources that you can use that are less than 500 dollars. i can get that monkey off your back Exactly. Um, so websites just, do not make money and people they, have oh, to understand that websites don't. do not make money they don't no. only if you have like they don't they don't but you know you have physical products that's a different conversation but yeah, they that's e-com. Um, yeah. That's e-com, right that's right, a completely yeah. different and, and again if you do not enjoy it you can outsource it you can get college interns they know more than you will ever want to know about it anyway so yeah. get you get you some college interns some interns now <laughs> They're absolutely free and full of time. It's not too late. Post on your local community college. Post at your local college to get an intern. And, oh, pay them. That was the other thing. No free internships. Yeah, you have a business. Exactly. Pay people. Um, but you can outsource so much of your business so that every day you're only doing what you do well and you're constantly your zone of genius. You're not sacrificing creative equity and you're freeing up time to be your best self for you. So I guess my my answer was very different from Maria's. Maria's is just as empowering. I actually quit my business because I was miserable. And I was like, if I don't stop this today, I'm, I, I just have yep. to stop. But I also learned that the things I didn't like about my business, I now also, so I have an amazing assistant who, oh gosh, she grows my business in so many ways. I don't know how I could survive without her. And it's Absolutely. not because mm-hmm. she is doing what I do, because she doesn't. She literally does like, administrative task for me and she is excellent like yeah. it is crazy how good she is at this thing that just makes me not want to have a business like that's yeah. how bad it is for me the things that she does are absolutely necessary and i hate them that's i don't the want same to do way. Them. <laughs> same but she does them yeah. and, the, and her name is Kristen. shout out to Kristen. she executes excellently yeah. laser focus you know and but i think that's important them. Yeah. yeah. Very important. Yeah. And and uh, you know that's that's one of my and I say it all the time and that's actually Stacy's popped up in here. She's one of the people that works with me a lot and she is pivotal in all the things that I do. So I always love when she's popping in here. But you know I it's that do delegate delete do delegate delete and I think that's part of my auditing process is to literally ask myself is it something that I can do I want to do and I can do. You know, or is it something I want to delegate to one of the team members or is it why am I doing it anyway? If I, if I you know, if I can't really tell myself why I'm doing it anyway, get deleted. And it may be something that I have. And there are, this this happens a lot. Stacey and I had a conversation in a meeting earlier. I have a, a software that I purchased 
because I was getting ready to build it out. Well, clients needed something else, you know, blah, 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 life happens. And, you know, I'm paying for the software. So finally I decided, I'm like, you know what? That's on the delete. I'm going to use it later, but I'm not using it right now. So why am I paying for it? So, you know, it ends up being, I have to constantly audit myself. It's not a, you know, one-time thing. Um, for me, I have to do it regularly. I make appointments with myself. I make appointments with myself and I audit myself on a regular basis because I know myself better than anybody. And if I don't do that, I will be down <laughs> at a rabbit trail really far. And it's a whole lot harder to come back from that if you're not, yeah. you know, kind of keeping yourself accountable. I do the same thing, Maria, because if you're writing content and you're, you're doing this stuff every day, you can get lost in the sauce oh, so Lord, yeah. fast. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... it's Go ahead, Chanel. Sorry. I said I agree. So I know we've only got a couple of minutes left here, but, you know, if, if somebody is, you know, watching now or listening now and they're like, wow, those are some, you know, really good tips and yeah, I'm stressed out right now and I'm not sure where to start, you know, do you have, let's, I guess you said, I guess I already said mine, the do delegate, delete auditing, but do you have any, like today they can do this today is something that they can take that first step to change the outlook of their business, their life, the, all the things. Just, I want to kind of give Coach Ray, I'll let you go and talk. And then Chanel, you can talk for that. I mean, if, if I were in that situation today, the first thing you have to be is not afraid to take a step back. And you, you have to, you have to have that mindset to say, you know what? I need to focus on me because if I'm in a business and then you also have to realize that you have to work not in your business, but on your business. Because that's the focal point of the whole thing. And it's when I'm willing to take control of that, then, you know, the, the rest will come. But learning to work on your business and setting your business aside is the very first thing that you have to do. Absolutely. Uh, I think for me, I would say lean in. You know, um, if you are stuck, if you're not creating revenue, talk to old clients. Ask them what you did really well, right? Um, and how you could do things differently. And if they were willing to work with you now, we're like, what are they needing, right? And so my suggestion would be sort of, you know, get really clear about your clients and try to start to build around that. I'm a firm believer in touch points all the time, two or three times a year. How are you? What are you doing? What do you need? What do you not have access to? Um, what's working well for you. And they will, even if somebody who you want to work with and wanted to work with in the past, didn't close the deal, reach back out to those folks and see what they need. And I promise you through that, it'll make you really clear about, um, pitfalls in the market. Um, and it actually, I did this myself full transparency and I was able to figure out two new courses that I'm literally creating as we speak because they are gaps in the market for my clients. And so yeah. all of like mm -hmm. I have three of them who have already purchased a pre-sale for a product that doesn't even exist. And it's literally because I was feeling stagnant about some things and I wanted to grow. And I was like, well, I can't grow by myself. So reach back out to old clients or people who I won business. So it's three people, but two of those people were people who I wanted to work with in the past who didn't need my services, but are looking for something new. And I was able to gain business. So if you're feeling stuck, you know, reach back out to your people, right? Get get, get back involved in your community. Yeah, 100%. I think a lot of people spend so much time finding new clients and they don't realize that 
statistically, we all know it, it's cheaper to, to keep them, but it's also way more fruitful. You make more, way more money, not only keeping your clients, but like you mentioned, going back to people that who, who already know you, who you already did a great job for and offering something new. So, you know, all this lead gen stuff, it's great. It's whatever, but you know, the low hanging fruit are the people that who already know who you are and what you're about and that, you know, you're willing to, you know, go all the way to help them succeed their business. So I love that. I think this has been a great conversation. I really hate that Angela wasn't here today. We missed you, Angela, if you're watching yeah, this. Absolutely. Um, and Chanel, I want to say um, welcome to the team. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Now we're, we are all three out, um, out powering Coach Ray on the yeah, woman power thing. And I'm kind of excited about that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I have, I have three pretty women to, to be with on every Tuesday, so I am very happy. Yes, I was going to say, he doesn't seem like no. he's disappointed. I am not disappointed by in any stretch. So, well, yeah, it's, I, I'm really excited about, you know, the future of the show. And, you know, um, Coach Ray, before we go ahead and end, I do want you to go ahead and mention to the viewers and to the listeners just about Roku. Oh, sure. Um, well, in, Impact with Solutions Academy is on Roku TV and Amazon Fire TV. We are bringing the business acceleration uh, playbook to that channel. So beginning this Thursday at 8 p.m., uh, two hours have been set aside for the business acceleration po uh, playbook podcast. And uh, we're going to play probably the most recent shows um, in that time frame. And then we're also, we're going to work out other time frames to, for the channel as well. So that's where we start Thursday night, 8 PM Roku TV. It's the ISA channel. 8 PM where New York, Chicago, LA. Uh, it's Ro Roku TV. So Roku. Okay.